on that note, <clears throat> Jose, are you ready? Choking. I always am ready. Okay. Is there a countdown? Or he's yawning. Now he's scratching the air. Three. You didn't clap. Two. One. Hi, and welcome to It's Going to Get Stupid, your favorite podcast. My name's Jose. I'm Rick. And I'm Holly. Welcome to another rousing episode of It's Going to Get Stupid. Is it rousing? It's definitely rousing. Mm. If you're not roused, I didn't want to say aroused because that's weird. Uh, But if you're not roused. But if that's what you're into, like, we're not going to judge. No, yeah, we're judging. (laughs) What? (laughs) Well, I mean, arousal doesn't always mean something Yeah, sexual, moving right? on. Okay, we're mean... moving on. <laughs> hey. I mean, it can also mean anything. Like, it's just like, you know, you're agitated. <laughs> like, it? you could arouse a bunch of bees. Yeah, you could oh arouse a bunch of bees. 100%. And they would sting you because they're aroused. I don't, I, don't, I don't think bees in that word have ever been used together. They have. I, I, I'd look it up, but I'm on my work computer. <laughs> yeah, that's dangerous. Is very dangerous. Anyway, if you hey, if you want to email me the meaning of aroused, oh my you can email us at uh, it's going to get stupid at gmail.com. You can go to facebook.com slash it's going to get stupid. You can tweet or X us at IGTGS show. Don't X us. I'm just going to say tweet from now on. You can hit us up on Instagram at it's going to get stupid. You can search It's Going to Get Stupid Podcast on YouTube. And leave us a voicemail at 281-870-4055. Before we get started, I want to file a grievance with Elon Musk. You and everybody else. I think you have to get in line. My ex account got suspended. Why? What did you do? What did you do? So someone someone logged into my account and did a bunch of spam. I got hacked, right? Uh, and and they and they they shut my account down, deactivated. Like they didn't deactivate, but they shut it down. So I could use it, but I couldn't do anything. I couldn't create posts. I couldn't like things. I couldn't follow anybody. I was like, okay, it's weird. And then it had like, okay, let me go to help, right? Doing the right thing. And it and it had a bunch of help articles and it said, click here to email us. And I said, Cool. The only option I had was, hey, your account is suspended. Like, here's click here to appeal it. I'm like, perfect. So I click there. I typed out this lengthy thing about how I was, you know, hacked and somebody posted a bunch of stuff. And you know, like it was like stupid spammy junk stuff about gambling crypto. Uh, but it was like it was like so many posts. It was an insane amount of posts over and over again. And uh, and so I was like, you know, so I didn't know, you know, can you please reinstate my account? I hit send immediately. I get an email. I'm like, OK, cool. And I thought it was like a response. Like, hey, we're working on it. Nope. It was like, we have determined that you broke Twitter's rules, or X, and they put Twitter in parentheses, X's rules. <laughs> um, we are not, we, we do not, uh, we do not accept your appeal. You should have responded, you should have responded with, is I, this because I'm brown? I, no, but I did respond to that email, and it said, hey, this email's not monitored. It also looks like your case has been closed. Please submit another one. So I did it oh again. Oh my gosh. And it, and auto-rejected, like, it is not even let me, there's no way to get in touch with anybody on Twitter support, probably because they don't have a Twitter support team, yeah. really. They it's all probably quit. just one dude. It's literally one dude in his office, and he's like, okay, I'm going to auto-respond to everything 
and they're not even going to unban you. Basically, I, I think he I'm, fired the majority of the support team. Yeah, or oh, they I quit. can't. I can't. I can't get anybody in support, and uh, I had to create a new account. That's the only thing I could do, and they flagged that one too. <gasps> so I don't know what to do. I have no idea what to do. I don't even do anything. I don't even. I haven't posted anything on there. Nothing. I don't. No profile picture. Just started, and it said, "Hey, you've you've violated Twitter guidelines." I'm like, what did I do? Were you using the same email address? No, I used a different email address. Uh, it's because your IP have, then. It's your IP. I I guess so. I'm an IP band. What the heck? I didn't do anything. Help me, Elon Musk. You're my only hope. So he's I, not I gonna help you. It, it's not that big of a deal because I really just use Twitter to like look up Apex Legends stuff and follow my friends there. So it's not critical, but it is kind of frustrating because I had it curated a certain way. So my feed was good. Now it's now it's gar- garbage. However, I am glad for one thing. So early on, I had followed Jordan Peterson, and I was like, hey, he has some interesting things. Now I was like, I'm done with this dude. He's going insane. And oh, I couldn't. But but it took me down a path of like, now I'm only seeing this stuff. And I was like, uh. At least that's gone. Yeah, at least that's that's gone. That's gone. So. Yeah, don't follow Jordan Peterson. Like, I don't care what people think. Like, just don't. Just don't do it. This is my public service announcement <laughs> to everybody. Yeah, he's just, you know, I mean, yeah. It's like I used to listen like, to Joe Rogan a lot and then I stopped. Yeah. He's I mean, they just they just go to a certain place that just doesn't make any sense anymore and like even if I agree with some things or some snippets or some like ways that he talks about certain things, the uh conspiracy theorist like spam is like I'm talking to my uncle or you know a relative <laughs> and I'm like I don't want to like literally. It was every day he would he would like post. If, even when he left Twitter, he had posted like yeah. thirty times. Yeah, and I'm like, what is going on here? And that's all my feed was a bunch of him like complaining about this or that, or you know, saying these wild accusations and things. I'm just like, what is going on? Why is he doing this? Like yeah. this man is supposed to be intelligent. I get that he has some intelligent discussions about certain things, but this is not intelligent. This is just Twitter craziness. So anyway. Uh, I'm glad uh, you can no longer see that content. You're better off. I am. I am. Um, but anyway, uh, I did want to chat about something in movies. I thought it was something interesting. So I went and saw Blue Beetle last week. Yep, yep. And I'm going to talk about that later. But it, so the thing about Blue Beetle is, you know, it's it's a it's a Latino centric film, meaning. You know, the main main uh, cast is all Latinos and it's very heavily like entrenched in the culture. Yeah. Right. Which is good. And is I don't remember seeing something mainstream that represented things about my childhood and the way I grew up limited as it was. And so seeing it on the screen was really cool. But I thought about like in movies in general, like okay, when you're trying to portray, because we're at this pace right now where I feel like we're trying to figure this out, right? How do we make a make some entertainment or some content period that appeals to an audience that hasn't really gotten mainstream attention, right? Yep. Because at the end of the day, there's a lot of content for let, let, Latinos, right? There's a whole, you know, channels directed to it like and and though but but not like they're not always american like mexican americans or other other kind of 
countries from other countries like it's not appealing to them it's more for people that like migrated over here from those countries that were like born in central or south america yeah and they're here now so they're like watching some of the similar things and it's maybe blended a bit but and and there's there's a lot of content there but it's not mainstream where it'll appeal to everybody else too right like there's something about that amalgamation of um we're bringing in this culture but we're also appealing to just the general audience as well and kind of introducing him to this culture a little bit, right? And that's what I felt that Blue Beetle did. And it was I was worried because I thought it might not do a good job, right? Because you can kind of go very stereotypical with things and make it a little too much. You can exaggerate you know? it. Yeah, yeah. Or, I mean, but then again, like, you got to think about it. The people that are making this film are obviously Latinos, so they are understand and they want to put things in there that remind them or reflect themselves in the film, you know, their life. But for an outsider, sometimes it could feel like it's too much or even someone that like me, I've seen things that just, it's just like overly Hispanic kind of film. You know, I'm like, okay guys, like I get it. Like one of the things when we first talked about blue beetle, Rick, <laughs> was I said that if, if George Lopez's character if was either a owned a lawn service or owned like a chop shop. Yeah, I'm out. I, I would literally walk out of the theater. He owned the chop shop, didn't he? He did not. <laughs> but Blue Beetle's dad owned an auto repair shop. <laughs> of so, course, of course. I, I, thought, I really thought about walking out of the theater, but I was just like, no, let me give this a chance. Like, it's not. It's not what I think it is. And it wasn't. It was really good. Um, but, I, I mean, I want to hear kind of some of y'all's examples or what you guys think about this, you know, idea of too much or not enough or just not hitting the mark when it comes to diversity and, and inclusion. So I wonder, um, there, there's definitely an Americanization of what we see as being proper representation like okay so jose you mentioned like you know there's there's channels that are out there targeted towards like the latin american community uh, but it's not necessarily mainstream um but is that just like our american perspective i mean we both were both of hispanic uh um origin uh but we grew up in the united states both of us grew up in houston um is it our americanization that has made that seem non-mainstream for us does that make sense? Yeah, and, I, and maybe mainstream might be the wrong term. Yeah, but something that like like Blue Beetle, he's a superhero. Yeah, it's gonna appeal to people that are not Hispanic, yeah. right? It's not something like, but I don't see a lot of non-Hispanic people going and watching Telemundo, right? This Unless it's a soccer game. But like, you can watch soccer games. I'm sorry, football. You can watch <laughs> football games anywhere now on another channel. You know what I mean? Yeah. You don't just see it on. Like, I remember having to watch Telemundo to watch football. You know, yeah. and I'm saying that I don't know why I don't know why I'll call it soccer guys, but I used to watch Dylan to watch soccer all the time. I couldn't understand what they were saying because I don't speak Spanish. Now you can watch but... it on Peacock. Exactly. So like, I mean, but but you're not going to and, and, and nobody's going to go watch novelas. You're saying Maybe. that NBC is not going to suddenly produce a, a telenovela and air it on primetime. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Um, there, there are instances of trying to merge those, and 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 there's some reasons behind that, right? Like, I don't know if like American culture is ready for that style of, you know, content to begin with. They're not grew up on it, so it's going to be odd for them. 
don't know. They had soap operas. Well, but like these are not soap operas that keep going on and on. It's like here's a short period that goes and then it turns into something else. Like the even the structure of it, you know, yeah. it's a little different. So yeah. uh, and it would be in Spanish. So another thing about Blue Beetle is there were a lot of Spanglish, Spanish, English mixed together. Yeah. So there's a lot of moments where the characters are only speaking Spanish on screen. Okay. Um, and some of it subtitled, some of it's not. Do you think that sometimes when they do that kind of, you know, in these m- larger movies that are for a wider audience, does that draw people out of the movie? Uh, I don't know. Holly, what, what do you think? I mean, are that, you that's asking a- me because I'm the only white girl? Yes. <laughs> Basically, because it doesn't bother me. Right? Well, I've noticed recently that um, a lot of movies or TV shows where there is a uh, character whatever and they speak spanish yeah they don't they have really drawn back on subtitling those things like not every it's, word is subtitled well it's kind of like um you're gonna get the gist of what they're saying to each other if you don't speak spanish like we, we're not gonna subtitle this for you yeah. like you live in america you probably should know a little bit of spanish maybe but i've noticed that they've kind of pulled back from that uh depending on I just read a book recently, even that was published recently, and there was this whole like there was a Hispanic family, and there was all this dialogue that was in Spanish, and there was no like, this is what I don't know. There was no like internal translation of it, so it was kind of like I had to like Google search every like everything because I'm like I don't know what they're saying here, yeah. but I, I don't know. I, I think that I don't know. I I think that. Uh, I don't know. They shouldn't have to subtitle everything because I, I think a lot of the things that aren't really uh, plot-driven conversations, like you would know what they're saying just from. It's not know, taking away from the not story. Not even just from Spanish. Just like any any uh, like any language that's spoken. If you if someone's saying something to each other, sometimes you can get the gist of what's being said. Well, and you can get a, you can usually get enough from like visual context of like the person's face or like how the uh, recipient of that statement is reacting. Right. Right. Like you can, like they might say an insult and not subtitle that. And, and you can understand like, Oh, that person was insulted by it. Right. Right. Or it was some sort of like confirmation or anything like that. I personally, like it doesn't bother me. Um, you know, when my kids are watching something and I, I know it's happened recently, but I, I'm drawing a blank on what it was. But, you know, we'd be watching something and there'd be, you know, it would just all of a sudden stop doing subtitles. And then I'd have to, like, kind of fill them in on, like, what the gist of what they were saying. Well, I mean, even, like, in Beauty and the Beast, I mean, yeah. like, they would say phrases and they wouldn't subtitle. I mean, they would be in French and yeah. you would know what they're saying without knowing what the words are. I mean, yeah. it's not it's not always crucial to have to do that. Yeah. Yeah, did, and, and oh, go ahead. Well, I was going to ask: Did they do a lot of like hybrid um, sentences, where like half of it was in English, half of it was in Spanish? Yeah, not a lot, but there was it was a fair amount, right? Yeah. It, was, it, it really just depicted a normal Hispanic family. Did they speak Spanish in the blended. home? Yeah, they spoke both. Right, okay. it was okay. more English than anything yeah. else. Because like, like Rick doesn't speak Spanish, but his parent, his whole family, well, his parents do. So it's like sometimes he will have words that he'll throw out but most of it's in english yeah well and i i honestly think it was an actually really good depiction of a modern hispanic family 
um, you know, where the, the parents immigrated from some country, came here, and then the kids are really trying to do something, you know, like go to college and get a degree and, and you know, but I kind of wish it would have been more so like, like he didn't own an auto shop, which is nothing wrong with owning an auto shop, but like, okay, why couldn't he just been like an insurance salesman? You so, I mean? like, or so you feel like the char- the way the occupation of itself was stereotypical for him being a Hispanic American. Well, I mean, honestly, there there were still a lot of like stereotypical things that happen, and I, I, sometimes they, they did it better than most, right? Sometimes they'll lean heavily into it, and they'll be like. They'll only be eating like Hispanic food all the time, and it's like that's not that's not accurate. You know what I mean? Like that's not all people eat. No, we we eat a lot. We eat a lot of Mexican food. (laughs) Well, I mean, but but in Texas, in yeah, they were in like Florida or kind of like a Florida type place, so that kind of makes sense. Um, But I, I don't know, man. I just I just think that you know you show the blending more. Okay, I think that's so when you when you brought up this topic, obviously I have a lot of thoughts. Um, and that sounds ominous. Well, no, but you know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to see both things from it. Um, yes, most of our cuisine in our house is very, like very Hispanic. Every time we go to your mom's or your dad's, it's like, that's just, we know what we're going to eat. And when we go to your parents, we have like pasta and white food, (laughs) chicken, white people. (laughs) Um, but that I think for the vast majority of us, like, I think there are pockets, especially being in Houston, there, there is still a lot of neighborhoods that look exactly like that, right? Yeah. And, and that live exactly in that way. Both of the places where Jose and I grew up are those, right? Are, are like, almost like portraits of that, of like what movies like Blue Beetle are like representing, right? A lot of us, though, as we become more Americanized and more kind of entrenched into the culture of where we live we've moved away from those communities yeah right and so like in katie it's a melting pot of yeah of a bunch of different cultures so we uh, i'm not i'm no longer living in a neighborhood where it's just people from central and south america right like i'm living in a neighborhood where it's a blend of everyone even jose where you live it's the same thing right where we grew up though like it was abnormal to see that was someone that was not Hispanic on our street. True. Right. And so I, I do agree. Like well, I, not where I grew up, but yeah. Well, but I mean, I remember like your, your street in particular was very heavily Hispanic populated. Right. Uh, no, it wasn't. I could have no, sworn next was. door neighbor. Next door neighbor is a white family. Okay. I, honestly, like our neighborhood was probably a bit more, more blended. Well, well, I mean, around where I lived, like specifically my house, yeah, because it used to be an, an all Caucasian neighborhood, yeah, and then slowly but surely it became different, you know, yeah, mainly. But if if I would say yes, if you like, if you oh, okay, how about this? I drove through that neighborhood a couple of days uh, months ago, actually, <laughs> yeah. they were showing our kids where we lived. It is now like one hundred percent Hispanic. Yeah, there's no other kind of races that live in that place. Yeah. So slowly but surely, it was it was changing from from one race to the other. Yep. Yeah. But my point being is like, I think, I think there's, I agree with you. I do wish that there was a bit more of a blending, right? Like I'm a web developer and I'm a Hispanic, I'm a Hispanic individual, right? But no one's going to make a movie about a Hispanic 
web developer, right? Like even if like it's a superhero movie where that's just his day job, I'm probably going to do something more stereotypical when that movie gets produced. Like a cook. But I, I feel like they are in recent years, there has been an obvious attempt to try to diversify I agree. casts. I agree. Um, not, uh, it still doesn't fully represent what, you know, the world looks like, yeah. but I feel like they've been trying to make an effort at least, um, diversifying the cast, but people are still really upset, especially if it is a movie based on a source material and they've changed races of some characters. People lose their <laughs> minds. Like they lose I mean, their minds. People legit lost their minds about the little mermaid, which is wild as heck because she sounds literally like Ariel. Like she sounds exactly like Ariel. There's no, no difference. So, I mean, I really feel that they picked the best person for the job and she just happened to have more mel- was it melanin in her skin. Well, so. I mean, I read this article about um, why people get upset about, you know, when they change the race of someone from source material. And I mean, honestly, I, I'm not going to say that that hasn't uh, been something that I've thought about before, because I mean, there have been movies made off of books that I loved and I'm like, that's really weird that they would change that. And then recently I've had to like, think about like, why did that upset me? Not that, um, I mean, it didn't change the book material. It didn't change, you know, change the outcome. Right. So it's like, why would, if they change the race of one of the characters, why would it, uh, like, not that it upset me, but I was just like, why? Like, that's so weird. Why would they do that? But, um, I don't know. It's like, we just read Percy Jackson with the kids. And, um, when they made the first two movies, um, they cast a white girl for Annabeth, but she had brown hair and people lost their minds because Annabeth is blonde. And they talk about, I mean, I'm saying this because Rick read it with us. So he understands like yeah. they talk about her being blonde like all the time often. So people were really up in arms about them casting a brunette. And I'm like, uh, and I'm thinking like, well, that's weird. Like just dye your hair. Like, but her blonde hair had nothing to do with her character. Right. So the fact that I even thought like, well, just dye her hair. How hard is that? Put a wig on her. But then now they're making the Percy Jackson TV series on Netflix that, or maybe it's Disney and it's coming out in December. And now Annabeth, they've cast a, a black girl. And so people are also, again, like little mermaid losing their minds. And I'm like, really? Like her race or hair color has nothing to do with the character. Yeah. I there, mean, there's no part in the story where they're like, Oh, because of her blonde hair, she was able to defeat, you know, Kronos or whatever. The the yellow color of her hair was the exact color she needed to weave a magical whatever. Yeah. So it's like, why, why do we get so hung up when they change the race of someone that comes from like a source material? Like, why is that so upsetting to us? Like as a culture, why? Now, and I, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that because people are crazy. I think it's different if there's like historic, like if you're, if you're doing like something where it's like a biopic or something like that and you want to represent the character, uh, factually, right. You know, you want to, you want to cast correctly in that regard, but when it comes to fictitious source material, um, I don't, I don't understand the problem. Um, I don't understand why people lose their minds collectively. Um, 
when the little mermaid was cast or holly you were telling me like snow white is being cast by hispanic actors yeah, it's a chick from West Side Story, mm-hmm. and I think she's in the new uh, Hunger Games movie. Okay. Um, she actually looks perfect. Like, she's got that little cute, like, Snow White face. So when they cast her, I'm like, oh, wow, she really does look like Snow White. I mean, she's Hispanic, but as far as her look, she really does look like uh, Snow White. And people lost their minds because they're like, Snow White. It's literally in the name. Like, that. <laughs> like really? Because... Uh, my cousin's about to marry a guy with the last name of Blackman, and he's definitely a white man. <laughs> so I'm just saying, like, Snow White. Like, if that's her name, it doesn't represent her skin color. And I thought she was really great. Um, there's been a, other things that have come out since then that people are upset with her being cast. But it's mainly because she really, like, they're changing the whole thing of Snow White. I don't think there's... The seven dwarves aren't going to be in it, I think. Mm. And there's no... Like, she's going to save herself. There's no prince I don't know. And so it's like people are like, wait a minute. Why would you make a movie about Snow White if you're going to just make a new movie? Like, just Crazy make a new thing movie. Is they already did this, by yeah, the way. Yeah, with Snow White and the Huntsman, right? I don't know why people are getting all up in arms. About, I mean, I, you know, whatever about this new Snow White, whatever. <laughs> it could be whatever they want to do with it. They just want to make more money. Who cares? They, they yes. want to appeal to people. Who cares? They already did this, and nobody cared about Snow White and the Huntsman, even though that movie was garbage. Okay. It wasn't terrible. It, only because it had pale Kristen Stewart. It wasn't it, terrible. Maybe the second one was better. I don't know. No, I, I fell asleep I during know. the second one. Yeah, yeah. I don't oh, even gosh. remember the second one. The first Rush. wasn't too bad. It had uh, Chris Hemsworth in Rush. it. Yeah. Is the now, I, so, so, I mean, I don't... So when Michael Clark Duncan played Kingpin, I was pretty frustrated, to be honest. Okay, but Why? I don't know. I don't. There's no. There's no reason behind it because he did a phenomenal job. Yeah, yeah he, he was did great. A really good job. Like who cares? It's a horrible and movie, so, but he did a good I mean, job. I, I think something just being stuck on like, hey, this is the character that I remembered, and it's breaking the nostalgia. I mean, some people take it to an agenda part, and yeah, I think there is an agenda to like put more, um, uh, you know, uh, different races and genders and like representation of people in movies and trying not trying to force it but really trying to think about it i think that's the important part is they're like thinking about it now so and they're like why wouldn't we why would we limit ourselves to you know let's take the little mermaid just because that's like a big one too but why would we limit ourselves to one certain actress yeah when we could like cast the net really wide and find the perfect person so period I, I had an issue with this with um my kids watch a lot of youtube Mm-hmm. and uh, one of the YouTube channels they watch is Dude Perfect. And I've, yeah, boy. I've since eased my frustration with this YouTube, YouTube channel. But, you know, when the kids were really little, um, I, I did want to make an effort to make sure, like, the stuff that they were watching was more, more diverse than just seeing a, a bunch of... Okay more diverse than just seeing a bunch of white people on TV. Right. Not that there's anything wrong with white people on TV, but I wanted them to be able to see themselves. And I think a lot of what my gener- the generation that we grew up in is that we didn't really see ourselves in a lot of the stuff that we were watching. Right. And that does kind of paint a picture in your head about what you can or can't do, um, or where you are or aren't accepted. And so, Luca really likes to like do perfect and he still does a lot. Um, and I had a huge problem with him watching it because I was like, 
every time that they would bring on, you know, if you don't know what Dude Perfect is, it's five guys in Dallas. Um, they went to A&M together. Surprise, surprise. Um, they went to A&M together. They started doing trick shots on YouTube and they made a whole career out of it. Every athlete up till recent history, every athlete that they brought on to the show um, was a, a white male, right? And so it was just kind of like, in, in my head, I had to let go of it, but in my head, it was just kind of perpetuating this thing of like, my son is seeing these guys do cool things, but he's not able to see himself in it. Now, I had to step back and really think about like, how is my son interpreting this? And is that my more my hang up than it is his hang up? And, you know, surprise, surprise, it is more my hang up, right? In his child mind, he's not really even thinking about it. Um, but I still come from that part of generation where like I had to think about it or it was more present to me that someone that didn't look like me was, was on the television. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. Um, yeah. And it, well, you know, nowadays though, there is a lot of representation for our kids, yeah, which I like, I do like to see. Like, I mean, most of the shows my kids watch, for so, some of them aren't racial anyway. Like, it's just green characters or something. You know, they're watching Big Green City or some other kind of goofy What's show. What's Big Green City? Um, yeah, big. I don't know. Uh, some goofy show. Our uh, I've never heard Gravity Gravity Falls. Oh, I love it's Gravity Falls. Great. It's Big Green something, and it's a Disney show. Okay. Um, or Bluey. You know, they'll watch stuff like that. Doesn't matter. But then like. Um, you know, a lot of the sitcom-y stuff yeah. is not not very diverse no. nowadays. Um, it's still the same thing. But, I mean, that's my kids get enough of it as it is. They don't see it the same way. And I am pretty happy with representation that we have now. Yep. Um, and it's interesting because, like, I think you can do it really well. Like, I thought, Blue, again, Blue Beetle did a good job. Hamilton is another thing I think is an interesting thing because it is a historical uh, show, kind of, right? But he made, and I know you don't like Lin-Manuel Miranda, he made an effort to cast as many um, diverse ca actors as possible yep. in roles that were white people, you yep. know, for the most part. I mean, uh, so... It, but it really worked and it, it was less about the character that you were seeing and more about the story they were telling, which I thought was really cool. And it just goes to show, like, if you're telling the story right, I don't think it matters what the color of the person looks like. Other than, like, I'm having a black Abraham Lincoln is probably not what you should do. <laughs> just saying. I, you know what I mean? Or, but, or Ryan Gosling playing Martin well, Luther King Jr. They had a Puerto yeah, Rican, I, well, like, Hamilton. So yeah. it's the and same I, thing. One, I, I will say this, though, and I, it may be a, a controversial, whatever. I think people would be more accepted, accepting of a, a uh, diverse cast for a Lincoln show, like a Lincoln movie, right? Even if Lincoln wasn't white, than they would for someone replacing Martin Luther King Jr. with a white person. And I think it has to go down to the history of the way we've been, we, we've had lack of diversity before. You know what I mean? So people won't be as angry about it or up in arms yeah. as they would the other way. Well, I mean, so you have, I mean, Rick and I talked about this earlier. You have the, 
most of the like top dog execs at these um you know the studios they're old white men majority of them are so they're going to go with what they know to be successful in all the years that they've been and they're like well it's been white people and it's like okay but it's been white people because you guys keep casting white people like if you don't give another if you don't give someone else a chance or or women i mean it's the same thing like women don't get a lot of opportunities either like if a studio's uh bringing in a director they usually are going to look for a man because they don't believe a woman can handle it so it's kind of like you have the people making the decisions they're going to be like well if we're going to invest all this money into this project, we want to know that we're going to be casting people that have uh, historically brought in money, which historically you're going to go with what has been happening year after year, which is white people, white people, white people. And it's like, unless you have like, well, if they make the money, why wouldn't I not? I mean, seriously though, in a capitalist society, if they make the money, why would I go with something different? No, but I'm saying like that that's that's where the problem is. Yeah. Like you're not uh you're not uh casting a diverse cast because you're afraid that oh if I like, cast a black man or a Hispanic woman, uh people aren't the draw's not gonna be there. Unless you're Samuel L. Jackson, because I mean Nick Fury uh, yeah. was white. Yeah. Like he was white until the early two thousands. And when they decided to redraw Nick Fury, he looked a lot like Samuel L. Jackson because they were putting that out in the universe. And he even contacted Marvel like, "Uh, this guy looks a lot like me. And they're like, is that okay?" He's like, yeah, I'm cool with it. (laughs) So when they started making the movies, they were like, hey, you want to do it? He's like, yeah. So, I mean, it just I mean, I don't think it matters that if it was like historically something someone was a white character as long as you, I mean, like you said earlier, Rick, like find the right person to that can do the job. But when you have like old white men making the decisions, oh, they're not the going to look at a woman or a Hispanic man or a black man and be like, I think you can do this. I think you're the best for the job. They'll be like, this is new to me and I'm, I'm confused about it. So we're going to go with what I know will make money. And it's like, well, then you're just, you're, you're closing the door to a lot of opportunity. Yeah. Um, Cause not everybody's white. I mean, you gotta. You know, Rid- Ridley Scott said something when uh, Exodus gods and Kings was being made. Oh I don't know if you've ever seen that movie, but it's about Moses and Ramses. It's 2014. It was terrible. It was not a good, it was not a good movie. Okay. It was bad. Um, so uh, they asked him, you know, Hey, you know, cause Christian Bale's playing Moses. Okay. <laughs> number one. Right. They asked him, was like, Hey, why did you get this? You know, white was he, is Christian Bale British? Or is he Scottish or something? He's Irish. I- Irish. He's okay. Irish. Why did you get this I- white Irish guy to play Moses when obviously he is not white? You know, why did yeah. you go find an actor um, that would more represent Moses? And Ridley Scott said, well, I could go find... And now he's very crass about it. I don't agree with what he said, but it does make me think. He said, I could go find some some new actor named Muhammad or whatever, but nobody's going to go see him. They will go see Christian Bale. Oh my gosh. And I was like, I was like, that's a terrible thing to say um, because he's being very flippant about it, but he's right in the way that they think. Why would I go and try to find somebody that looks exactly like this person? 
when I know I can make money off of this person. And people will still go see the movie, and they don't even care what he looks like. So part of the problem is on the executives and the way that they think and the directors and everybody else. But part of it is on us. What like, do we spend our money on? What are we actually going what to do we, see? What do we consume? What do we go see? And I think, you know, as a society, for the most part, we don't care. Yeah. Right? And, and, and we have to care more. So let me get this we straight. We do have to care about that. Did Christian Bale play both Noah and Moses? No, Christian Bale didn't play no, Noah. That was, that was that Russell, Russell Crowe. Crow. He okay. Played, he played okay. Noah. <laughs> okay. Another another white man. <laughs> but I think mainly, but, mainly but it's like they're not a... they're not paying attention though because when Tyler Perry started making the Medea movies, like those were like one of the top grossing movies every time they came out. Yeah. But they were um, not thought about. It was like, well, we're going to look at the top movies except Medea. We're not going to look at that because that doesn't count. Well, yeah, but Medea like, is a certain type of movie. It's not. It's not this. You know what I mean? But I, are I you? Get, but I if you're this. making the movie, there's an audience. So if you cast a, like someone of color, it's not going to be. Uh, it's not going to be like, well, we're not going to make the money because clearly, like, if Tyler Perry's making the movie with a, I mean, it's a movie that's really not for. For all, all people, it's not yeah. for all audiences. I mean, it's not like um, like Get Out and everything that was just a horror movie with a majority black cast, but it really was for everybody. Yeah. Medea really is for a target audience, which is not everybody, but it still made a ton of movie, which means like there is an audience there. Like they're gonna go yeah. if you make a good yeah, I, movie, they're gonna go see it. I, I don't think they think that like you know a certain race won't bring in money on its own. They like, do just think because. that though. Well, well, no. What I'm saying is, is they don't. They wouldn't even. They wouldn't even make. They wouldn't make any movies without any people of color at all. What they think is, like, a movie like Blue Beetle or a big superhero movie. It it's hard to make a movie. They they probably didn't want to make Black Panther. To be honest, right? It's hard to make a movie that is going to be this big blockbuster movie and put a black man in front as the main character. And they would never would have made that movie a long time ago. They're making different choices now because we're getting different people um but i i agree with what really scott said nobody went and saw exodus gods and king anyway but they definitely wouldn't have seen it if <laughs> christian bell wasn't in it you know what i mean yeah like, that's if it was if and, and and you're right though if you make a good movie they may matter. not initially they may not initially see it but the movie will be so good that people will go see it yeah. right that's what they're missing out on and you know i i don't i don't think they're right wrong otherwise i yeah. just think it's business and business yeah, it, is sometimes hold on to what you know and not yeah. do things new it's capitalism removing the idea of taking a risk to do something right when you could do something different and like when you could do what you've always done and continue to make money barbie's a billion dollar movie like nobody no nobody would have thought that at all it's it's a, it's a very female centric film helmed by a female director um and it's a it's a billion dollar film, yeah. Because it's, it's a great movie, though. That's that's why it's a billion dollar film. It has none. It's not because it's not because it's female centric. Any of that stuff. It's because it's a good film. Like I think that's what they miss too. It doesn't. Some of this stuff doesn't matter if it's a good movie. I agree. So you make, I think we should focus just movie. on making good movies. If you make a bad movie, then yeah, maybe don't have any Hispanic or black people in there. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <Let's see. laughs> blame the bad movies on the white people yes no anyway 
So I, I so the bottom line though, Blue Beetle really kind of. I hope it. Could, I hope it does well. I don't know how it's doing right now. It probably isn't doing as well, um, which sucks because it's actually a really good film. Um, I wonder if the representation it is showing is off-putting to some people. I don't think it should be. I mean, it's a great celebration of like Hispanic culture with being an action-y superhero film. That's good. So, I don't know. I want to see it. Got was really good. I want to see it. Um, I've been seeing mixed headlines about it. Um, but I definitely want to see it. Like I've been seeing mixed headlines. Like you get the standard, like number one movie in the world, like from D from like Warner brothers in DC. And I'm seeing very positive, like, um, uh, rotten tomatoes scores. But then like, I also see headlines on like, um, news sources where it's like blue beetle is suffering. Blue beetle is a bomb. And I don't know why I'm talking like this when I imitate the media. Well, but is that's it what because I do. it's a DC movie? I mean, is it really mainly because it's DC, not uh, not really the story? I don't know. I don't know. I think DC shot themselves in the foot with a lot of things. So they the budget was 120 million, and the opening weekend they only made 25 million. Ouch! But worldwide they've made 81 million, so they're still. It'll still break Way, even. They might, they'll terrible. probably break even, but it's gonna be a it's that's gonna really be a not battle. good. No. Yeah, that's kind of. Yeah, it's got to make way more money than that to even. Yeah, it's it's crummy because like, it's a really good film. But I think again, I think part of that is like superhero fatigue as well. Superhero um, fatigue. They also they can't do any promotion for it, right? Right now. Yeah. Yeah. The I mean, any of the uh, like actors, they yeah. can be on a show. They just can't talk they about. They can't the talk movie. about the movie that they're in. And they can't they can't do uh, press like all the press they do they can't do that or yeah. the like major days of interviews like the press conferences they can't do those yeah. like all of that's off the table while they're uh, while they're on strike. I feel like we're already going into our, our next segment, but we should uh, where where should people uh, email us if they want to talk more about uh, diversity, Jose? Yeah, send us a diverse email to add it's going I mean it's going to get stupid at gmail.com. Uh, go to facebook.com slash it's going to get stupid. Tweet us at IGTGS show. You can Instagram us at it's going to get stupid. You can search it's going to get stupid podcast on YouTube. Leave us a voicemail at two eight one eight seven zero four zero five five. How do you write a diverse email? Do like do you pick like different fonts? Yes. For like every other word. Please give me the white font, the black font, the Hispanic font, or and the Asian font. Thank make you. each sentence in a different language. Oh, there you oh, go. Oh, yeah. Then there you that go. actually <laughs> sounds way better than what I said. Mine sounds very, uh, ster- <laughs> very prejudiced and stereotypical. Jose, what was the last thing you watched? The last thing I watched Let me was guess. Blue Beetle. Oh, there it is. <laughs> good guess. Good guess. Um, so... If you don't know about Blue Beetle, I mean, it's a superhero film, but the thing about Blue Beetle is basically there's this scarab, this alien scarab that um, takes over um, the, I don't remember the dude's name. Anyway, uh, Reyes, Jaime, Jaime Reyes. Uh, and he's, a you know, freshly out of college, uh, you know, very tight-knit uh, Hispanic family, you know, very cool guy. Anyway, it takes him over and, and turns him into this, like, it's like a world killing weapon, basically. Like it's a major thing. But it allows him to produce any kind of weapon imaginable, like a cool sword. He has a buster sword at one point that was in the trailer. Nice. Um, and projectiles. Yeah, it's actually really like 
I'm telling you. Okay. Did so, it look like the Buster I, Sword though? Yes. It was it was cool. It, it's cool in the trailer. It's even cooler in the theater. Okay. Okay. Um, so in in the opposite, the the villain of this film, if you don't know, um, you could get Susan Sarandon, which is hilarious because she's the white lady. That's the. <laughs> <laughs> I think they did that on purpose, and I'm like, you didn't have to do that, guys. Um, and so basically, he finds this scarab and he becomes Blue Beetle, and it's him. You know, it's like the Spider-Man origin or any of these kind of superhero origin stories. He's learning to use the powers. He's learning. He teams up with. So there was a guy named Blue Beetle back in the day uh, that his name was Ted Cord, and he couldn't figure out how to unlock the scarab, but he just made all this Beetle stuff. Like, he just made it up. And so he's kind of like Batman in a way, but not as serious. Okay. Um, and so it just goes on this journey of him trying to protect his family from Cord, who's trying to take back the, the scarab. Okay. And um, it, it's, you know, it, it, it's cool. It's very good. I, I thought the CGI was great, not overused. The story was real fun and it made sense. And I and, uh, I don't know how to say this kid's name. I think Zolo is his first name. I think so. Amazing, amazing film. Like he, he's an amazing actor. He did a great job. Uh, all the supporting cast was good. George Lopez is actually really funny in this film. I don't always find George Lopez funny, but he was really funny in this movie. Did they explain um, why George it, Lopez's hair looks like it does? Nope. He's just a hippie. Well, he's a hippie. Okay. He's a hippie. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, but a hippie that loves his truck, you know, just like just like good old Hispanic guy. <laughs> um, <laughs> there was a lot of, like, Hispanic things thrown in there, but when you see them, like, you could see them as stereotypical and, like, forced, but... The way that they did it made it just like, hey, this is like my family. In fact, my my oldest daughter went with me and she said it. She was just like, she's like, oh, man, it's really cool to see things on the screen that like my uncle would do. Yeah. Like, you know, she just saw that. And that's really cool. That's where you get that connection of like, hey, I see in that something that happened with me. I relate to it. It makes me feel more ingrained in the story. And I really care about it. Yep. Um. So I thought it was really well done. Uh, there was one. St- so. There was a lot of comedy, you know, kind of relief in this film. There was one scene that I wish they hadn't put in. And it's just this, like, you'll know when you see it, Rick. I'm telling you right now. It's the scene that just, like, happens during one of the battles. And it's like, why did they do this? This is just such lowbrow humor. Like, why did they put this in here? This is stupid. And it completely, like, tore me out of the film for the 20 seconds it was Is it, like, vulgar humor or... Kinda, yeah. I mean, it's just like potty humor. Okay. And it was like, well, why though? You know, like, what was the point of this? Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I, I would definitely recommend going to see Blue Beetle. Support it. It's in theaters. Help it make some money, not because it's a superhero film, but just because like it really does a good job of of diversity. You know, and, and just really reflecting like Hispanic culture in the same way that like you know Coco in in, uh, in um what do you call it. What's the other one? Uh, Encanto, right? Yes, 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 yes. Did did very good job of like mainstreaming some of that and really kind of putting yourself in there and and like connecting with people that you see, you know, the kind of the way the culture runs. So did it? Does it connect to any of the DC movies at all? No, they mentioned some characters and some things in there, but nothing. Kind of like they did with Shazam, like the first Shazam movie. Yeah, it's it's very much like that actually. Okay. Uh, except there's uh, anyway yeah i'm not gonna spoil it i was i was told not to spoil this film and i will not yeah because um, holly and i haven't seen it yet 
Yeah, villain villain's a little lackluster, but it's okay. It's not as bad. Yeah, I don't think so. You know. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, I know the director wants to make uh, a trilogy, right? Um, where like they introduce like I I one of the villains in the Blue Beetle comics is Black Beetle, um, and they want to introduce more of those characters going going forward. So who knows? Hopefully, it does well enough to where James Gunn does include it in the DCU um, universe. And they continue to make more of it. Yeah. We'll see. Awesome. What was what was the last thing y'all watched? Holly, do you want to talk about this one? Well, so everybody in the house except me is sick right now. So we thought we would just kind of veg yesterday and watch a movie. And so the kids had never seen Mrs. Doubtfire. So we decided we would watch that because... I don't know. There was nothing like new that the kids hadn't seen, so we thought we'd resurrect an oldie but goodie. And so we weren't sure because sometimes when we play an older movie, they're like, "Oh my gosh, this looks so old." Or we realized how much we didn't pick up on when we saw these as children. <sighs> yeah. And uh, yeah, because like so many of the like shows from the eighties, there's so much language. But Mrs. Dotfire was is. For the most part, it was pretty good. Fairly clean. Yeah. And so the kids did enjoy it. Yeah. Which oh, I good. wasn't sure. I wasn't sure how that was going to go, but they they did enjoy it. And um, the scene where um, the family goes out to dinner and then he's meeting with the studio executive at the restaurant and he has to switch back and forth to each person. Um, they were so like on the edge of their seats, like, yeah. oh my gosh, she's going to get caught. So I kind of enjoyed watching them watch it because i mean of course i know what's going to happen but they were really well so rick has said that he would watch princess bride yep. so he was like we can watch princess bride and who said luca, they didn't luca, did luca was like you know what i don't want to watch that so that's we, my boy. we compromised that's my son. we compromised with mrs outfire and they did like it so it was a success yeah for this new generation of children, they did like yeah. it. Well, I told that like because we're because we watched um, like a couple of years ago. We watched all of the uh, Home Alone movies because there's so many things in pop culture now, even that they don't know where what it's referenced from. So we're yep. trying to pull those movies to because sh- they've seen the like when Robin Williams pops out of the refrigerator. He's like, "Hello!" They they know what that is, but they just don't know what it's from. So when they were watching the movie and he did that, they were like, oh, my gosh, we know where that's from. Like, we've seen that. So we're trying to, like, pull some pop culture references that they know the reference. They just don't know the source, the source. material. So we are we're trying to go through that. But trying to make know. our kids better nerds. Right. They're pretty nerdy yeah, no. on their own. I, I think we watched Mrs. Doubtfire as well all together. And the kids really liked it and thought it was hilarious. And the yeah. same thing, they were like, "Oh no, he's going to get caught," and, and all this stuff. <laughs> so, do, um, and do, it's go ahead. And it, it's very like Robin Williams, like peak yeah, comedy, definitely. Um, but it is interesting because watching with them, like having to talk about divorce, I think yes. we had to have a conversation about divorce. <laughs> so that's something so. that we've talked about a lot in our home because of my background. Um, coming from divorced parents and it was interesting like i didn't pick up on this as a kid but you know we we always talk about how like in the 90s and early 2000s a lot of the disney movies were very much like trying to normalize 
like that era of divorce because it seemed like it was happening like all the time. And I think this movie in particular did a really good job of like establishing that the parents were having problems. The dad was very good about like saying like, you know, telling his kids like this isn't your fault kind of deal and trying to adjust to the situation. Now, obviously because it's a movie, he does it in a whimsical way in a fantastical way. But at the end of it, the parents didn't get back together, right? Spoiler alert. <laughs> Dang. You told me not to spoil the video. You just spoiled that movie for me? How dare you? But the parents don't get back together. They learned how to co-parent or how to live harmoniously for the kid's benefit. Right? Which is, is it's the more realistic uh, outcome yeah. It's like, because if you are not good as a married couple and you get divorced, like you, your spouse dressing up as a woman to take care of your children isn't going to be like, you know what? Yeah. I love you all over again. Like she was still annoyed with him as a person, but she was yeah. like, I see what you went through to still be with the children. So we will make it work because we both love them yeah. enough to make it work. But I liked the fact that they, they, it wasn't this magical, like, oh, I do love you. Let's get back together. It was a, I want to remain away from you, but we can, you can be a bigger part in the kid's life. So I think it was a, it was nice. It was, it was a nice, uh, it wasn't wasn't that fairy tale ending. The that outcome so was more realistic. It is, yeah, because that's yeah. honestly what most mar- most marriages that end in divorce rarely do they get back together. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, also, um, there is no way now in this day and age that if somebody did that, that would end well. No, not they at would all. be arrested it, so fast. Yeah, <laughs> so quick. Yeah, broken orders and put in jail. Oh, it'd be terrible. Yeah, yeah, definitely. He would definitely be put on a list. Oh yeah, <laughs> you would never like. You will never or, see these children again. Maybe, maybe he wouldn't. Who knows? Anyway. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I picked up on was there is a moment where both of the parents are talking trash about the other, um, their ex and in different scenes and the kids both kind of responding with like, like the littlest girl who I think overpronounces every single line that she has in the movie. Um, she, she tells the, she tells Robin Williams to only, you know, to call mama princess and to only speak nice about her cause it was upsetting her. And I remember having to have that conversation, um, as as a child of divorce where i was like i don't want to hear like if you want to talk about you know the other y- your ex like don't talk about it to me like i don't want to hear it because i need to i need to be able to live with both people in my life right yeah, and I, I mean oh go ahead no i was just gonna say like th- that again i didn't pick up on it as a child but I, I definitely like could resonate with where these kids were at in the situation. Um, having grown up in that, in that way. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not a child of divorce, but it, it, to me, it felt like a very good representation of divorce and it brought in the emotions and feelings from all the parties, yeah. you know, in, in a very lighthearted way though. Right. Cause it's, I mean, it's not like that, right. It's very right. tough, emotional and, draining i'm pretty sure for everyone involved yep so yep. but the kids enjoyed it it was a good movie um you know there there was a couple of jokes that were there 
Um, it's but they were kind of over like kids, and they're very heads. fast. Yeah, they're very fast. It, they didn't linger on them. I think they would have. It would have gone over there. It's heads. funny. So we watched it on Hulu. Hulu has it rated PG. Uh, IMDb has it rated as PG thirteen. Oh, which is interesting. I wonder if Hulu has the original rating. Well, I guess PG thirteen was already there. Yeah, I don't know. But ratings are garbage. Who cares? We enjoyed it. It was it was a lot of fun to watch with the kids. Luca really got into like some of the music stuff with it. Oh, and, good. Like he 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 was bopping to the um, the soundtrack. Bopping. How old are you, man? I'm very old. Seventy five. Bopping. Bopping. Bopping to Be it. Be bopping. <laughs> wow. If if you want to bop your way over to our email, you guys are jerks. Go to, it's going to get stupid at gmail dot com. Facebook.com slash it's going to get stupid. You can tweet us at IGTGS show. <laughs> you can hit us up on Instagram. I'm sorry, bop us on Instagram oh at it's going to get stupid. <laughs> Do not don't bop us. You can search it's going to get stupid podcast on YouTube. You can leave us a voicemail at 281-870-4055 and let Holly and Jose know that they are giant jerks. We're not the one that said uh, 100%. bop. Bopping around, bopping. Because I'm an so old man. <laughs> You can still go uh, go see uh, Blue Beetle in the theaters. Uh, go see it, or see it in a couple of weeks when it comes on Max. I don't know; <laughs> it'll probably be there very quickly. Um, yep. But go see it; good movie. Uh, definitely go see Mrs. Doubtfire. That's a phenomenal film. I think everyone should see that. It's movie. a good movie. Yeah, it's good. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, just be kind to everybody, and you know, just and be excited about good diversity in media yeah. and in uh, content right like good good diversity like there's there's a lot of good of representing a lot of different cultures i for one you know i like foreign films i like seeing different cultures represented i like seeing it done well um so we should re- go pay you know use our wallets to show that we care about that stuff yeah definitely. support those things and they'll keep doing them definitely yep Get rid of those old, crusty white guys in the studio. <laughs> yes. Bop them right out. Bop them right note. out. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.